Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be talking about having a thankful heart, and we're going to be primarily in the uh, epistle to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, and this concerns the nature of the new man. In virtue of the fact that we have been born again through the precious blood of Christ, in lieu of the fact that now God has entered into our heart and made our heart a His temple, uh, being mindful of the fact that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the entire Godhead dwells in us now. Through the new birth, we now have become part of the new covenant. Uh, this covenant has been sealed in the blood of Jesus Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we have received the promise of the Spirit through faith. We now have a new nature. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new and all things are of God. Now, we have that nature. That nature is in us. But we, as an act of our will and as an act of our submission to Christ, our spirit, our soul, and our body, we must put off the old man. The old man was destroyed. Now, the word destroyed there means made inactive, made inoperative. Satan no longer has rule over us. He, he no longer has power over us. Amen. Hallelujah. We've been raised up and made to sit in heavenly places in Christ. So uh, it was Christ himself who translated us out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So we are under new lordship. We are under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We are his servants. And if we do those things that he commanded us to do, he no longer calls us servants, but he calls us friends. And I do remember early in my Christian experience, uh, there was a, an estrangement between me and between the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I could sense that relationship uh, was not a close, uh, warm relationship until I began to change, until I began to uh, submit myself to the Word of God, until the things in, in my life that I had dragged over from the netherworld, I began to drag them out through the power of the Holy Spirit, mortifying the deeds of the body through the Spirit, and uh, began to deal with these things and put them to death. I realized that there was a relationship change. And it wasn't because God all of a sudden just took a liking to me. It was because I began to operate under the principles of this new covenant that we have with Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm glad to know. And I humble myself and I become so thankful and so thankful that today, I stand of one of, as one of God's friends, as a friend of God, because that's what Jesus said. If you do those things that I command you, you're not longer any servants, you're friends. Praise God. Hallelujah. So submission to his will in every area of life, submission to the word of God in every area of life. Amen. We, we change from servants and 
from servants to sons. Praise God. Sons and daughters of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's just exciting. That makes the Christian life exciting. Well, let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the word. Heavenly Father, we bless you today. We praise you today. We magnify your name and we glorify you. And Father, we're so thankful that you came into our life. We're so thankful that you picked us up out of the miry clay and you set our feet upon the rock, the rock of the revelation of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. It was through your power, through uh, being revealed through the gospel that brought us out of death into life. And we're thankful for that, Father. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that is going to teach us today through the word of God. Amen. Your will and your purpose for our life. And we'll give you praise for that in Jesus name. Amen. We must have a thankful heart. Now, there in, a, in the heart of every born again believer, there is a thankfulness. Amen. Praise God towards God for all of his blessings. And so there's some things in Christian life, when we begin to live out the practicality of the Christian life, that there are some traits there that are common to all of us. If we truly are people of the word, if we truly are filled with the spirit, if we truly are walking in the love of God, attempting to live and to comprehend the length, the breadth, the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge and the fact that we're filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Then these traits will be evident and others will see uh, these traits uh, pouring out and shining out from our lives. So let's get started. Colossians chapter chapter three, verse 12. Notice Paul begins and he says this, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long suffering. Notice Paul said, put on therefore. We put these things on because we are the new man. We can put them on like a new garment. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we have a new garment for the new man. Amen. And uh, we are to put that garment on. And this is part of our dressing. This is part of our clothing. And notice Paul says that he calls uh, us the elect of God. Amen. God's elect. Those who have obtained salvation through Christ and they are chosen or they are the elect of God. Then he says this, holy and beloved, uh, holy. Amen. That comes from the Greek word hagios. And that means to be holy. And of course, beloved means to love. We are loved and we are to love. We are to be loved. God loves us. Amen. And so if he loves us, then we ought to love one another. Isn't that true? And then he talks about bowels of mercies. Bowels are our very inward parts, you know, the the inner part of us, the, all the vital organs, the spleen and the intestines and the stomach, all the very core of our being, all of our vital organs, bowels of mercies, bowels of pity, bowels of sympathy, bowels of compassion, bowels of inward affection, bowels of tender mercy towards those who are living upright. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
God had great compassion. Jesus had compassion upon those, Lord, who came to him, those who followed him. He had compassion upon the sick. He had compassion upon those that were blind. He had compassion upon the lepers. He had compassion upon the multitudes that followed him for three days without anything to eat because they wanted to hear his words. Praise God. So that's what we are to have. We are to have bowels and mercies towards those, amen, That uh, and a desire to, to minister to them and a desire to love them. And then Paul mentions kindness. Well, this word kindness also means moral excellence. It means moral excellence and character. It means moral excellence and demeanor. That means we don't get haughty. That means we don't blow our stack. That means we don't get mad. That means we don't uh, have a prideful look towards others. Amen. But we have a desire in our character. We have a desire to represent Christ, even among those that don't like us, even among those that have something against us. Even those that have ought against us because not because we've done anything to them. It's just because they don't like us because of who we are. And then Paul talks about the humbleness of mind. He talks about the humiliation. That's really what he's talking about. The humiliation of mind. He talks about modesty. Amen. How that we're not to be immodest people. We're not to be haughty of mind. We're not to have this attitude, you know, big I and little you. No, we are to be in a humiliated state or a humble state concerning our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus and also upon uh, the leaders of this nation. You know, we shake our heads sometimes with uh, the, the things that our leaders and our governments do. We just shake our head, but we are not to have a haughty or a prideful heart towards them. That should lead us to pray for them. And I know that's a, that's a real faith object, uh, specifically when we look at some of the leaders that we have today. And then Paul talks about long suffering, suffering long, bearing long with others, having that fortitudinal attitude that uh, we're going to bear with others' faults, with others' weaknesses and the things that uh, uh, that they do that we know that just because of the weakness of the flesh, with a desire to help them, with a desire to pray for them and, uh, and desire them to be changed. I know there's some that... Uh, they, they, they don't need, they don't know how much they need to change. But, uh, but it's not going to help them for us, uh, to be mad at them or to have aught against them. And then verse 13 says this, bearing, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Jesus said this. He said, when you stand praying, forgive those who have ought against you or those that you have ought against, that your Father in heaven may forgive you. For if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Listen, I know I've got a ton of trespasses that have been laid at the cross of Christ, that have been thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. 
I don't want any of those trespasses to be dug back up by the angels and given back into God's hands. Remember the parable that Jesus said about the servant that owed his Lord uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. And the, the, the Lord had compassion on that servant and forgave him all the debt. Well, that servant turned around and he jerked the slack out of a servant that was under him that owed him just a few dollars. And when word of what he did, he threw that poor man into jail, into the debtor's prison until he could pay that two dollars. That servant must have been so poor. I mean, think about it. Can't even pay two dollars. But when the Lord found out about it, he called this servant back and all that he had forgiven him. He took every bit of it back and he threw that and gave that man into the tormentors and threw him into debtor's prison until he could pay all the debt. And we're talking about a debt of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars in today's currency. So we have uh, an object. Uh, We have a command uh, from the scriptures that we are to bear one another and that we are to forgive one another, just like Christ forgave us. Praise God. Amen. And then Paul says this in verse 13. He says the last part of verse 13, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So that is Jesus telling us what we must do. We must forgive. Yes, and I know it's difficult and hard to do, but we just have to do it by faith and we do by prayer and we continually confess out of our mouth, you know, the love of God towards that person, forgiving that person. And and, and we'll get through that emotional, um, that emotional blockade that uh, wants to strike back. And we'll we'll surrender our will to God's will and the Holy Spirit will help us to do that. And then verse 14 says this, and above all these things, put on charity or put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Think about that. The bond of perfection. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are to clothe ourselves. Notice, put on love. We are to clothe. That's part of our new nature garment. We put on love. We clothe ourselves with the love of God. Hallelujah. And Paul described the, the, the love, putting on love as the bond of perfection. Notice the word bond there talks about a joint or a ligament of our physical body. And he's talking about the bond of perfection is the completeness or the maturity of the Christian believer. Amen. That he's walking in the love of God. Uh, wall to wall and treetop tall, we used to say in the CB world. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Verse 15, and let, let the peace of God rule in our hearts to which we are also called in one body and we are to be thankful. The peace of God. Hallelujah. Amen. God's peace is to govern our entire life, all of our motives, all of our actions. Amen. We walk around in the peace of God. Peace is a fruit of the new creation spirit that God gives to us. But much of the time we don't allow uh, us ourselves to to begin to develop the peace of God. 
And it's, a lot of it is the reason why, you know, many times people aren't, Christians aren't walking in the peace of God because they haven't spent time with the peacemaker. They haven't spent time in the word of peace. That's where peace, that's where peace is generated. That's where uh, the love of God is generated. That's where, that's what feeds the fruit of the spirit is the word of God and prayer. It's the spirit of God. Amen. Praise God. And then verse 16, let notice it, verse 15 and 16 and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And then verse 16 says, then let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songing, spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Paul is talking about here in verse 16. He's talking about being spirit filled. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Amen. Let's read that again. And let the word of Christ, not the words of Christ, the word of Christ. He's talking about the entire Bible, all 66 chapters, Old Testament, New Testament. When Paul was writing this, penning this, all he had was the Old Testament scriptures, plus the revelation that he had gained in, in walking with Christ. Let the word of Christ, that was the Old Testament was the foundation of his faith. We have the Old Testament plus the New Testament. So we have more than what the Apostle Paul had, praise God, when he penned these words. And notice he says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There is a joy. There is a melody in our spirit that is in tune with the word of God, that is in tune with the spirit of God. Praise God. So these things enrich our life. Uh, they are to cause us to be wealthy and to abound, praise God, in every good gift. Uh, they teach us and admonish us, praise God. And of course, you know, these psalms and hymns, they bring much joy uh, to our heart, praise God. And then verse 17, he says this, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything we do, in word or in deed, we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So whatever we do or say, it is to be a representative of the love of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And these words and our actions, we, under, we understand that they all are said and done in the presence of God the Father. And it is he that we are to give God thanks to. That is such an awesome revelation that Paul has given us. Amen. Praise God. You know, Paul writing to the Ephesian church, he said this, and be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be filled with the spirit. Continue to be constantly filled with the spirit, speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. He also said to the Thessalonian church, and we're going to look at this uh, just in just a moment, pray without ceasing. Amen. And he said this, and we're going to get over there in verse 18 of first that first Thessalonians and everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning our welfare and our relationship to Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we are to be thankful. We are to rejoice. 
And being thankful and rejoicing comes out of the new nature of Christ, that nature that has been filled up to overflowing with thanksgiving and with praise and with worship and with studying and meditating the word of God. Amen. If you don't have an hour in a day, an hour a day for prayer and reading and studying and meditating the word of God, you're way too busy. If you get up in the morning, the first thing you do is you put on your work clothes and you head out the door and you work all day and you come home at night and you eat a big supper and then you're too tired to do anything else. My friend, you need to slow down. Uh, You're working for this world. You're not working for the kingdom. You may be in the kingdom, but you're not working for the kingdom. You take that time. If you've got to be at work at eight and it takes you an hour to get to work, then you better get up early like around five o'clock and you better start praying. You better start at least an hour, spend time in the word of God and in prayer. Amen. Praise God. If you want to have a spirit filled life that is required of you. Amen. If you're not doing that, no wonder you're grumpy. No wonder your emotions are at the end of your sleeve. No wonder you have moods and bad moods and you get angry and you argue and and things don't work out for you. My friend, you're running on empty. There's only one way that you can get your your spiritual tank filled, and that's spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer, amen, and allow the Holy Spirit then begin to witness to you, amen, of of His fullness and of His grace and of His mercy. Praise God. Stop running on empty. Get filled up. Get ready. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, how can you do that with your spiritual gas tank running on empty? Amen. No, we are to rejoice in the Lord and we are to be at peace and we are to be ever thankful. Now, Paul, writing to the Philippian church in chapter four, he said this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, this is a commandment from Scripture. This is what we're supposed to do. Continually rejoicing in the Lord. We have so much to be thankful for in this nation. Amen. And we understand that when we begin to praise and we begin to thank God, it stills the enemy in the avenger. It stops him dead in his tracks. That's Psalms chapter eight, verses one and two. And then Paul says this in verse five, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Amen. Praise God. Let your gentleness, which is a fruit of the spirit, let your gentleness be evident to all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming and we are his ambassadors in this world. Amen. We're not going to draw men by being fussing, by being angry, by being argumentative. Amen. If, if you if you and I are acting that way and people know that we're a Christian, they don't want to have anything that we've got. Amen. They don't. They don't. Amen. But now verse six, this is the cure for worry. This is the cure for anxiety. Notice, be careful for nothing. Or we could say it this way. Don't fret or don't have any anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. God's already got the answer. He's already got the problem. He already knows the problem. He's already got the solution. Amen. 
We worry about this and that. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? God already has the answer. Amen. Praise God. So when situations and circumstances come up that we don't immediately have an answer for, it is in the word of God. It is in the, the, the quiet place of prayer. It is in supplications and, and, and giving thanks to God and praise him. Hallelujah. Because he already knows these things. You know, Jesus says this, the father already knows what you have need of before you even ask him. Well, how are we going to know what he's going to do on our behalf if we don't ask him? We've got to ask him, but we ask in faith, nothing wavering. So once again, verse six says this, be careful for nothing. Don't fret or don't have any anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Prayer solves some problems. Supplication, which is a deeper form of heart crying, solves others. But now we always give thanks because we know that God hears us if we're praying in the name of Jesus and we're coming to him in his name. He hears our prayers. And then Paul says this, let your requests be made known unto God. And verse seven says this, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There it is right there. That, that's what God wants to do for us. Amen. And then Paul says this in, in, uh, in verse eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, notice that if there be any praise, think on these things. <laughs> praise God. So whatever is truthful, whatever is reverent and honorable, whatever is upright and righteous, whatever is acceptable to God, whatever is chaste and clean and above reproach, whatever is friendly towards others, lovely, being friendly towards others, whatever is well spoken of, whatever is reputable, whatever is morally excellent, whatever is commendable, amen, whatever is praiseworthy, we are to give attention to and we are to take care to make sure that we think on these things and put them into practice. Now, did you hear what I said? We are not only to think on these things, we are to give attention and care to them and put them into practice. And then Paul finally says this to the Thessalonian church in verses 5, 16, 17 and 18, rejoice evermore. Isn't that what Paul told the Philippian church? Rejoice in the Lord always. He says the same thing to the Thessalonian church, rejoice evermore. That means never stop joying over our salvation. Oh, friends, we have so much to be thankful for. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but by God's grace, he saved us. Hallelujah. And came into us and made us new creatures in Christ Jesus and gave us the promise of the spirit. Hallelujah. And now the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our comforter. He's our guide. But not only are we to rejoice evermore, we are to pray without ceasing, never giving up on prayer, never stopping, never quitting. Pray, be constant in prayer, always pray, pray always and not faint. 
praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance for all saints. Praise God. Amen. And then verse 18. And in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is the will of God in Christ Jesus in everything to give thanks. Now, we don't praise God for headaches. We don't praise God for cancer. We don't praise God for evil that comes. We don't praise God for any of that. We continue to praise God in the midst of us. Hallelujah. We never stop rejoicing. We never stop giving thanks because he's our healer. He's the one that is going to provide whatever Satan does. He's going to provide. And I guarantee you, when we live this kind of life, even though the enemy, the devil may come to eat up our flesh, he will stumble and fall. When he comes to uh, to attack us one way, he's got to flee before us seven ways. That's the covenant that we have with Almighty God through Christ Jesus. So no matter what happens, we always be thankful. Amen. And maintain the fullness of the Spirit. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the Word today. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. And we ever are thankful for all things that you've done for us through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in His name we pray. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.